Where the travel agents coming to you with tips, tricks, interviews, and voyages by cruise. The travel agents bringing you the latest travel news. River cruising. I mean, hi, I'm Brian. <laughs> and I'm Will. We're your hosts for the Travel Agent Podcast. And today's travel short is about river cruising. cruising. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. So we have. This new, I call it new. It's new to me. I'm sure it's not new at all, but it's this concept of river cruising that has really taken off. Sure. Okay. We all we get we see yeah, the ads on of, TV. We think of if you watch Downton Abbey, you saw ads for river cruising. <laughs> I mean, the marketing budget for these river cruise lines is through the roof, and you kind of see they're just exploding. Where do you know when like the boom like started to kind of really take off? I kind of when I started my career almost a decade ago, I'd say they were probably already already high there, but I feel that they were being talked about more around mm. that time. Okay. Sure. And here are these like I want to say in Vikings fleet, they went from like 20 ships to 80 ships. Now they're well over 100. <laughs> like it's just wow. pretty okay. Pretty insane how many how many ships are yeah. and what demand there is. So with all this uh, growth with river cruising, is there an impact on classic cruising? Ocean cruising. Yeah. Um, I just think they're two different products. Yeah, they're very different. There's, there's enough love to go around and enough demand for cruising. I think there's enough uh, new cruisers, first-time cruisers who are, who are <laughs> jumping on that – no, I, I think all both industries are growing because we see new ocean liners coming out and being launched as well. So it's, okay. it's very That's exciting. But I do want to talk, today's episode is mostly to talk about the differences between ocean cruising, think of Carnival, Royal Caribbean, Princess, Celebrity, Norwegian Cruise Line, and river cruising, think of Viking, Avalon, Ama, Tauk, and all, all those brands. So first off, Ocean cruising, think giant ship. Huge. Um, I want to say currently the largest ship holds about, what, 5,400 people plus 2,700 staff. So I mean, sure. that's over yeah. 8,000 people. We call it like a floating city, right? <laughs> right. Um, and then, so ocean cruising, you're primarily going to see a lot in the Caribbean, the Mediterranean, the Baltic Sea, Alaska, Hawaii, California, and New England as well as Asia, too, and other parts of the world. Yeah, they're like floating amusement parks. Oh, absolutely. And then river cruising, primarily you're going to see a lot of it in Europe, but they're also in Asia, and they're really about to break ground in the United yeah, States. Yeah, they really are, in like the Mississippi and yeah. uh, New Orleans and that kind of area. It's That's that's pretty exciting for me um, to hear. So the main rivers in Europe, I, there's a lot of rivers in Europe, but the right. the two I'm going to point out, which should maybe be the two you're looking at if if you're just going to start, would be the Rhine and the Danube. Now the Rhine goes north to south, starts up in Amsterdam, goes down to Basel, Switzerland. I, don't, I never know if it's Basel or Basel. I believe it's Basel. Yeah, it's Basel. Okay, at least that's how they say it in soccer. <laughs> nice. And the Danube goes like east and west. It begins in like the Black Forest region of Germany and runs through like 10 countries. I'll quickly name them. Germany, Austria, Slovakia, Hungary, Croatia, Serbia, Romania, Bulgaria, Moldova, and Ukraine. And it ends in the Black Sea, right? <laughs> nice. So yeah, um, I'd say the biggest difference between ocean cruising and river cruise is the number of people. So mm, I love when... Uh, 
when an introverted client who doesn't like being in large groups <laughs> says to me, Brian, <laughs> I want to go on a cruise, but I don't want to be with 3,000, 4,000 new friends. I yeah. just, that's too much for me. I say, well, hold on. Let's Before you just throw out cruising entirely, let's look at a river cruise. Because river cruise ships on average hold between like, I want to say about 90 and 130 people. Yeah, they're a lot more... Uh uh, yeah, less populated. It's a drastically different experience. And so like one that, that kind of manifests itself in a lot of different ways for your experience. But one key thing, and you know what I'm talking about, if you've ever been on a big ocean cruise liner is getting on and off the ship. Cause you think, oh, I just want to get off. Not that easy. It takes there's, forever. There's 5,400 other people who also want to get off. They have to do things like, well, you get an assigned time to get off the ship then you must wait in line to get off. Then you have to go through security and then walk down the plank. And now also keep in mind, this goes with the ports of call at these big, like where the big ocean cruise line liners can dock is not always in the center of town, right? It may right. not be where you want to be in the city. Generally not. It's going to be pretty far. Yeah. River cruising is entirely different. When you want to get off the ship, you just walk off. <laughs> There's no one in your way. There That's might be a, there might be a buildup of like five people. <laughs> you know? Wow, but it's like okay, you go Lots first. Better. All right, yeah, and and there's no security. Like you're just oh, you're. Primarily here, you're in the European Union, so there's no like checking of passports. You just walk off, and when you're ready to get back on, you walk on. So what kind of what, what's what's on a river cruise? Like you talk about these ocean cruises, you can kind of expect like yeah. a floating amusement park, but yeah. What can you expect going on a river cruise? Well, I'm so glad you asked that because that brings me to my biggest main point about the difference between ocean cruising and river cruising. And that's this. For the ocean cruises, the ship is the destination. People, I have clients who don't even care where the cruise is going. <laughs> like, don't you want to see the itinerary? They're like, not really. I mean, okay, well, I guess we'll look at it. Oh, wow. Like, that's kind of wild. I have clients who don't even get off the ship when they get into port. Yeah. Wild. So for ocean cruising, the ship is the destination. Okay. For river cruising, the location is the destination, right? You're really going for the itinerary. Your trip is being planned based on the itinerary in particular, the yeah. cities you want to see. And you're getting dropped off in the best location because think of how these cities were created where all the industry and the hub of like commerce all came through the rivers, right? And it was built around that. So the river and pretty much, I would say like every European city I know is like right where you want to be. It's the first highway. <laughs> yeah, very good. So when, even when I'm looking at hotels in the cities, I often look, well, is it near the river? Is it near the Seine? Is it near the Thames River? You know, and, and things like that. So that's that's probably one of the coolest things is that when you're ready to get off the river cruise vessel, you're right there smack in the heart of downtown, right by the cathedral, right by the shops, right by everything. You can go to the local, walk right to the local pub and grab a grab a brew with some locals and stumble your way back on board really, really <laughs> easily without having to drive. Like think of Rome, for example, where Rome oh, docks out is that Fiumicino, right? And then down to the city. I think it's about a 45 to 60 minute drive. Right? Like yeah. it's not an easy, easy, quick little jaunt to the city. You have to, yeah. you know, it takes a big chunk out of your day. So I guess to answer your question, what's the big differences between the two? Because on ocean cruise lines, you have 
bumper cars, you have zip line, you have uh, giant like Broadway shows, ping pong tournaments. Actually, ping pong wasn't a good example because there's like bowling alleys and things <laughs> like that, right? Uh, basketball and volleyball, right? And then on a river cruise, there's nothing. <laughs> really, though, there's there's very little things, but they usually have to do with the destination. Like they have maybe 10 or 20 bicycles on board that you can just okay. take around for the That's day. That's cool. Go around the city, yeah. you know, just like check out for the day. When I think river cruise, I think luxury. I think you have a lot more opportunities to have like an all-inclusive uh, sort of experience on a river cruise than you would a cruise liner. So that's something definitely to keep in mind because that's Absolutely. something that Kristen and I are very interested in. <laughs> so on ocean cruising, especially for first-time cruisers, one of the biggest complaints we get is being nickel and dimed the whole trip. Ooh, they yeah. think, oh, everything's included on a cruise. Well, that's not true. Uh, you're paying for every beer, wine, um, alcoholic liquor, uh, alcoholic liquor, liquor you're paying for, uh, you're also have to, you're expected to tip as well. I like the bartenders and at the end of your cruise, you get billed for tips for the, all the staff as well. Oh, wow. You're also um, paying in general, a high price for things like Wi-Fi as well as all of your excursions. Every time you get off the ship and you want to do an excursion, things like that, those cost as well. Um, trying to think of there's any other things. Oh, and things like specialty dining and things like that. So there's a lot of extra costs on an ocean cruise. The idea of the river cruise was to make it more of an all-inclusive feel. Now, even, even within that, there are some different brands that include more than others. Absolutely. But for the most part, I could almost say with certainty that every European river cruise line includes all your meals, at least beer and wine at lunch and dinner. Um, most of them include your tips. Some you have to pay separately for them. Free Wi-Fi and then like one excursion per port. So that's pretty cool. That's a pretty sweet deal. So it's definitely, um, definitely more all-inclusive, though even then there's some that are more inclusive than others. When you say an excursion, does that entail getting off the boat itself and going to explore the city? So say you're in Amsterdam, do you have to pay a fee to get off the boat to just go explore Amsterdam, even though you're not going to do an excursion? Or can you just no, go? You can, that's the beauty of river cruising. You can just walk off all by yourself. You don't have to do an excursion. Okay. Especially because oftentimes on a river cruising, they include one free excursion per port, but sometimes the freebie one isn't the one you want. Okay. They'll be like, well, here's the free one, but for 50 bucks, you could do this excursion. And it's like, ooh, I think I'll drop the 50 bucks and do that because that excites me more. And then in some cases, you don't want to do any of the ones they're offering. And so you just want to get off and do your own thing. And you have that option, which I think is, is, is just great. Also, I have to correct you because you said boat. Will, don't you know? This is like <laughs> the most classic thing that my dad had to correct me about. <laughs> and I cringe, so I hope you cringe. Boats can fit on a ship. This is a ship we're talking about. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Although one could argue that you could put a river ship, river cruise ship on top of a giant ocean liner. So maybe it is a boat, you know? I don't know. I don't think there's any lifeboats, though, on a river cruise. You just get off and swim to shore, I suppose. <laughs> but, um, so one other thing that river cruise clients really prefer is there's not all the stress of like planning your time on board. What I mean by that is if you're going on like a mega ship that's over 5,000 passengers, you are expected to go on their portal ahead of time and plan every part of your trip, all your dining times, your specialty dining, your excursions, your activities and things like that. This is not the case on a river cruise. On a river cruise, like, 
there's no such thing as a dining time. You walk to dinner whenever you want. There's only one restaurant to choose from. It's just the one. <laughs> and when you arrive, there's not a whole thing about, well, which table am I at? Which which size table have I requested, et cetera? You just go to the maitre d' and you say, hey, what's up? And the maitre d's like, oh, hey, Brian, Will, it's good to see you. Like they already know your name, right? Yeah. By day number two. And they're like, would you like to sit? You want a table for two or do you want to meet people? Where would you like to sit? And you're just going, ah, tonight we're feeling this, you know? And like, that's the beauty of it. It's very intimate. It's small. It's, you don't have to like decide these things six months out. And there's no like, oh, well, sorry, this is sold out. You can't do it. You just get to do whatever you want to do. And you get, um, I think on like a big ship, you get this idea of, okay, this is our cruise director. We hear his or her voice over the loudspeaker in the morning, and we might get to shake their hand in the course of the seven-day cruise, but probably not because they're so busy, right? Right. On a river cruise ship, the cruise director, both times I've been on a river cruise, the, the cruise director or directors knew my name by day number two. It's insane. And they're like asking me, so tell me more about Akron, Ohio. I'm like, really? Like, this, it's kind of cool. Like, you're the river cruise director and yet you're asking me about like my life and we're having a beer together. How it's cool an impressive is touch to have. Yeah. So it's just a very different type of feel. Um, another cool thing about river cruising is if you're most prone to seasickness, it's just uh, not yeah. really going to happen. There's just not waves on these rivers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, minimal, you might feel a bit like when you start moving or like of another ship is like pushing their um, waves towards you. I don't know, but <laughs> but really I've never even, you can sense you're in motion, but no no swaying. Yeah. It's just like overall a lot safer than an ocean liner in terms of yeah. like potential exactly. things that can happen. Exactly. Anything's possible. The, the biggest thing that happened with river cruising, um, I'm not sure it has to do with safety, but just kind of like the downside was the water levels. Uh, okay. Because they yeah. can't be too low and they can't be too high because there's a lot of bridges you clear. Mm -hmm. So if they're too high, it won't work. There was that time where the rivers were too low and none of the ships could go. And so I think a lot of the like Viking, they bust people from port to port. It's like you got on the ship, <laughs> you pa unpacked your bags, you slept on the ship. And the next morning they put you in a bus and bust you to the next port. And then you got, you unpacked again on that ship that was waiting for you. So they that found a way to do it. Awful. It, it sounds awful, but the people who came back and said, you know what? Viking did an amazing job and they gave them vouchers for another cruise. So they, they really tried to do it. They really part. handled it yeah, pretty well. They, they handled it pretty well. So um, a couple other things I wanted to touch on were just that your itineraries look very different. You know, when you're on a big ocean cruise liner, you start looking at like, okay, what what cities in Europe can we can we touch, right? So the big ocean ships can hit cities like Rome, Naples, Venice, um, Southampton in England, right? Um, areas areas like that. Whereas in in a river cruise, instead of um, hitting like you know southern France, you're hitting Paris, right? Um, instead of just hitting the Mediterranean. You're doing things like Vienna, Budapest, Cologne, right? Like some very cool cities that you you're may getting want into to do. the country. You're really getting inside, which you just could never do on a big, on a big ship. And uh, I guess my last cool upside to river cruising is there's no rush to get back to the ship early. I know that's one of the big fears: is that oh no, what if we miss our ship? Right? Like this, the big ocean cruise lines, like maybe they're leaving. We're leaving Cozumel today at 5 p.m. Make sure you're back by 4 p.m., you know? And then when that 
like <laughs> I've heard stories of like the big the big ship horn blowing and people are in the taxi driving by like wait wait for me we're coming you know there's just like stressful a little yeah. bit of stress that you're always like that's hanging looming over your head like we have to get back before the ship takes off whereas with the river cruise it's like well you know maybe we're gonna leave tonight at 11 p.m or 1 a.m so stumble back on whenever you're done with oh that. wow that's we'll cool. probably wait for you because we know who's off and who's on because you have to leave your room key at the front desk when you leave that way they know who's yeah. still in town and who's not back, if that makes sense. Sure. So, so do they move for the most part at night while everyone's yes, sleeping Yes, it's perfect. Like a, a lot of mine, for example, move from like midnight to 5 a.m. Oh, so 5 a.m. So yeah. nice. And so, and I love opening up my um, French balcony on the river cruise at the middle of the night. So the fresh air is blowing in while I'm in my covers and the outside is like a movie screen that's going uh, across in front of me. I'm watching farms. I'm seeing towns. I'm seeing like animals. And so it's like, like a movie screen. It's like, like it's yeah. not. It's a real right. life. It's a real life movie screen. So those are all the things. Let's talk about some downsides. So we have a couple minutes left. So the first one is all about entertainment and shows. This may be a downside to some and not others. So the classic example is like on a big ocean river on a big ocean cruise line, you're seeing these Broadway performances with actors and costumes and acrobatics and lights and smoke and, and the whole works. I mean, even the set alone, it looks like you're in in Broadway on you know in New York City. Um, on a river cruise, <laughs> they generally invite a local artist to come on, maybe like a cellist or a violinist. And wow, that's really cool. Just I like go it. in like uh, the little lounge. And they'll set up some chairs. People usually wander in, meander in with like a glass of wine, sit down, listen to the local person, play some cello or maybe <laughs> some piano. And they kind of leave when they want, come and go. And that's your entertainment for the night. So it's very different than an ocean cruise. For some, this is very appealing. For others who are expecting to see like, you know, cats <laughs> or, or whatever, you know, um, it's, it's just not, you're not going to get your Lion King Broadway performance there on a river cruise. Um, next is like restaurants. So I'm impressed because like what I think is such a cool part about river cruising is that the chef each morning goes into the local town to buy the food for that day oh, and makes okay. it, makes it with his team there fresh for you. So it was locally bought, that food, like the vegetables and meat and things like that. That's what's so cool. But for others, they might say, yeah, but there's only one restaurant choice each night. I like a big river, big, big um, ocean cruise where there's like seven specialty restaurants that I can choose from. Even though that some of those aren't upcharge or whatever, it's it's just, it's different in that way. Next, like kind of what we talked about how, um, like even things like the gym, Although I don't really think many people work out on cruises, but I'm I'm told that many some people do work out on a big ocean cruise a liner. You're gonna have like a state of the art gym with lots of treadmills and the whole works. On a river cruise, you'll be lucky if there is a gym, and it might be the size of my like my first studio apartment in West Akron. <laughs> like you know, maybe three people can fit inside. It has like one dumbbell and. There's like, maybe a treadmill. Yeah, there's like one treadmill and like a little rack of weights. And like, okay, <laughs> and like a mirror so it looks bigger, you know? And then the last one, and this is like probably the the, the toughest, uh, most maybe uh, cliche or stereotypical thing about river cruising is that it's for old people only. Yeah, I've heard that. So I'm not... I'm not going to try to sugarcoat anything. I've definitely noticed on river cruises that, um, yeah, maybe a majority of the people were we'll say 60 plus, which is fine. 
With that said, there are some river cruise lines that are marketing towards a younger crowd. Absolutely. So like, for example, you by Uniworld is meant for the active, active traveler. They have a lot of millennials on board, but they take all ages I hear now. Um, that's cool. As opposed to earlier. But that's why you need a travel agent to tell you which, which river cruise line is going to be marketed best for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, just in summary, that biggest difference is that the ocean cruise, the ship is the destination, and the river cruise, the location is the destination. I love talking about cruising of all types. You can tell I'm passionate about this probably, but that is the end of uh, this travel short and i hope you enjoyed it we're the travel agents that's the end of our show make sure to comment and subscribe